We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back in quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show. Dustin Hockensmith. Jim Galanti now sits in. He's he poked his nose where it didn't belong earlier in the show. Now his nose belongs here. He better deliver. We're here in the Labat Blue Studio, Labat Blue and Labat Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. Talking Penn State hoops. Two regular season games to go. Penn State's lost three out of four, including this past Saturday uh, on the road at Iowa 77-68. Nobody can really fault that team for for losing on the road. You know, a a number of Big Ten teams, uh, it it hurts them in the Big Ten tournament positioning. Um, So their backs are kind of up against the wall now. I think most people would say that that one of the top four seeds is going out the window. So three losses in four games. They've lost the mojo that they had for, for so long. On one hand, Jim... Every team in the Big Ten has lost its mojo at some point in time. Nobody wants it to be in March. You know, nobody nobody wants it to be now. Um, but I know that you've got a a Jim Galanti to do list. How how you get out of a funk? Or I mean, maybe it's not maybe it's not solution based. Maybe it's just an observation of the, of the problem from, from your perspective. Yeah, I, I let's call it that. It's an observation of what goes on, and this isn't anything new. If you've been following this team, not just this season, but for a couple years, one of the things that often happens to this team is they go into this funk where they can't score for an extended period of time. And we, we were talking between segments, Dusty, and uh, I made reference to a lot of people say, oh, they went cold for that amount of time. And I don't look at it that way. I don't think it's so much that they went cold, but I don't see them even getting a decent look, a decent shot. And to that end, I pulled out the statistics. This is what Andy Shea does on our other show. He always pulls out some numbers. I'll give you a number or two numbers. I hope yours are better than his. I, I think they are. I think they support my take. Okay. Against Rutgers, they had the big lead in the first half. The second half, uh, Rutgers made the big comeback, and then Miles Dredd made the, the basket at the end of the game to win it, the three-pointer. In that game, Penn State had a nine-point lead with six and a half minutes to go. Nine point, six and a half minutes. Didn't they, they, lead, didn't they lead by something like 20 in that game? Yes. Yeah. But they went that last six and a half minutes without a field goal until Miles Dredd made the, the basket with a couple seconds left. Against Iowa, and they were, and again, on the road, that makes it a tough game. And Iowa is a good team. But they went the first seven and a half minutes of the second half with one field goal. So they definitely weren't scoring. But like I said, I think it has more to do with they're not getting good shots. And when they don't get good shots, they start to get frustrated. Lamar Stevens thinks he has to carry the team on his back. They clear out, give him the ball. And instead of getting good shots, he's putting up very difficult shots. Yeah. And... How? What does the absence of Myron Jones? Now he was back against Iowa, not himself. I, I I don't think the idea of bringing Myron Jones back at that point. I think it's confirmed that he had mono, right? It's, it's some kind of extended illness that can that can you know not many can keep you out for that amount of time. But so he's back against Myron Jones, but not really back. How much does not having him 
disrupt everything. I mean, you, you talk about the things that come along with that and Lamar Stevens getting back into that hero ball mode. I mean, Penn State didn't have all that much margin. Offensively, Penn State didn't have all that mo- much margin. So maybe losing your number two score was enough to... I, I agree that that's been a major factor in this streak because you need an alternate um, scorer beyond Lamar Stevens and sometimes uh, Mike Watkins gives you you know a nice effort underneath but you don't know what you're going to get from Isaiah Brockington from Curtis Jones uh, from Seth Lundy you know some of those guys some of the numbers are interesting and again just in the last two games. Isaiah Brockington had 16 against Rutgers and zero yeah. <laughs> against Iowa. You know, Seth Lundy, I think, was just about the reverse, uh, you know, in that kind of game. Uh, what Myron Jones gives you is almost that constant. You know you're going to get something from him, whereas those other guys are so up and down. Miles Dredd, Seth Lundy, Curtis Jones, Brockington. Um, there's... None of them is consistent. There's a lot of potential there, but you're just not sure what you're going to get. And one of the interesting things is, you, you, so you take away your number two score, and that changes a lot of things. And, and to, to your point, not only for Pat Chambers on what he can count on and what the team can count on and how you're designing um, the offense, but it's also the opposing defense, too, is who do you need to respect and you just frankly don't need to respect most of those guys. But when it comes to you lose the number two guy in your in your pecking order, that moves you know Miles Dread back into the starting lineup. That moves everybody on the bench up a slot. Then, so in effect, losing one guy, one important player, moves everybody a step closer to maybe being beyond their depth a little bit, where you're asking a little bit too much from each of these guys. And I think that's one of the things you, this Penn State team didn't doesn't have the horses in the barn to to lose a top guy and have it not a, not trickle down pretty much everywhere else and that includes how how opponents defend them too you're exactly right which is why i think they have to make a better effort at getting a Seth Lundy or a Miles Dread, an open look. It seems when, hey, we haven't scored in a couple minutes, what are we going to do? Let's clear out a side and hand the ball to Lamar Stevens. And I, I think at that point it should be more about, hey, can we get one of these guys like a Miles Dread or a Seth Lundy, an open look? Because if you take a good look at those streaks where they don't score for five, six, seven minutes, those guys, they don't get a good look. And I don't see them working on it, especially when you have a Mike Watkins who gets doubled up when he gets the ball in the post. Lamar Stevens, he'll get doubled up all the time. Are you making an effort to get one of those other guys open, like you know, uh, a Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd? And I don't really see that. Now, again, maybe the effort's being made and it just doesn't work out. Give credit to the defense. But... I see that as a as an aspect to it. There's many aspects to this thing, and the the point being, two games left to try to sort this out to make some kind of respectable showing at the Big Ten tournament and try to salvage what you can for NCAA tournament seating. And and I think they can. That's believe it or not, that's plenty of time. This team beats Michigan State on their home court this week. 
I think they've turned it around. You know, they'll probably be able to beat Northwestern. And a couple other things going into the Big Ten tournament, it's a they have an odd number of teams in the league, so they have an odd way to do it. The first round is the bottom four teams. You eliminate two teams, theoretically, Nebraska and Northwestern. And after that, you know, everyone's a pretty good team. The top four teams get a second day off, and everybody else has to play. And I know, you know, um, it'd be great to have that top four by, but I'm not sure it's the worst thing in the world to get a game under your belt and get a win if you're looking at seeding for the big. I'd rather them get a win and then lose, you know, the next day rather than get a bye and then lose. You yeah. know, at least come out of the Big Ten tournament one, you know, one and one. So let's just say where where Penn State is now, they're they're um, in the sixth spot, uh, tied with Iowa and uh, yeah, just tied with Iowa, eleven and seven in the league. Um, currently, you have Maryland at one, Illinois, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Now, you can you can improve your positioning. Let's just say that they get the five seed. Their path through the Big Ten tournament would be they they play the winner of the twelve versus thirteen game, which you're get you would be getting into um like maybe, maybe Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. And, and there there truly will not be a, a game off in, in this setting. You win that one, you play the number four seed, which you know, that could be you know, Wisconsin's pretty hot right now. Michigan State uh, seems to be finding their way a little bit. Illinois could, I guess, theoretically sl- slip down there too. So you're looking at, you know, I, I think it's um, it's a salvageable path. You know, it's 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 a doable path. And and you know, Maryland is the top team in the league right now. But how big is the gap between Maryland and Penn State when they're at their best? For example, there really isn't. And if you look at a couple of the games, and I know this isn't the way you should look at it, but Maryland they escaped two games in a row with just you know crazy finishes. Or they would be instead of a team with five losses, they could very easily be a team with seven losses. So, and remember. Penn State has beaten Maryland. They've beaten Michigan State. Uh, they beat Illinois, right? I believe. Who's that? Uh, Penn State beat Illinois at, during the season. And, and regardless what I'm getting at, in Iowa and Ohio State, they split with and they beat Michigan on the road. So all of those, essentially most of the top teams, Penn State has already beaten. And they've lost to several of those teams also. So candidly, I think you could – put the names of the top eight, nine teams in a hat almost and pull them out. Our friend Jeff Brown said it's going to be a great Big Ten tournament. I think he's right because there's so much balance. Um, You know, Maryland's at the top of the league right now, so I suspect they'll be the favorite. But, no, they haven't separated themselves from the rest of the league. I saw – so Scott Van Pelt, the world's biggest Maryland fan, he – he was having a conversation, I'll put it in quotes, with somebody on, on Twitter just about whether the Big Ten has a lot of parody or whether it's genuinely great. You know, And, and I think that's a fair question to ask. Like is, is, is the Big Ten so good or do they just have teams that are, are, are close together, if that makes sense? I'm not sure they have a great team. I'm not sure how many great teams there are even in the country, but they have a lot of really good teams. And All these teams that will be in the NCAA tournament, which could be, what, 10, 9, yeah. 10, uh, all these teams will be as battle-tested as anybody because there has not been a night off all year. 
and and you know earlier we had the conversation about what would Penn State take to excel in the Big Ten and and the NCAA tournament, and my belief is they avoid those long droughts of not scoring, and they don't get in silly foul trouble. And it always seems like when they get in foul trouble, it's their big guys, and it's always with cheap fouls. And you know, to uh, Jeff Brown's point Lamar Stevens often seems to be the victim of some very tough officiating so yeah that that might have to change but Penn State two two opportunities left to to get on the right it's kind of that dog days feeling of the season where you're down a guy you run into that mental stuff you run into some of the strategic things that happen as a result but they're really just they're a game away from finding that light, kind of flipping that switch, getting Myron Jones back is a good thing. We'll see what they can go, do against Michigan State, against Northwestern, and then into the Big Ten tournament. And we'll see what they can do to improve their positioning in the NCAA tournament, which we still believe is a lock. So we'll see what happens. A lot to watch this week coming up. Thanks for tuning into this edition of the Keystone Kickoff Show. Be sure to check us out at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. And if you haven't already, download the Keystone Sports app. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Life gets complicated, and it only gets more complicated when things change, which is why AAA insurance agents take the time to talk with you so that they can help you choose the best auto and home coverage. Don't put off getting protected. Let AAA help cover what you care about. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA insurance agent or visit AAA.com to learn more about AAA. This is Ross Tucker from the Keystone Sports Network reminding you that the blue-white game is coming soon and GoPSURV.com has you covered with their best deals ever. Spend the weekend in a luxury RV, enjoy 409 Tailgate Club barbecue, and a free bus ride to the stadium. I had the chance to enjoy the ultimate tailgating experience, and now you can too. Go to GoPSURV.com or call Mark 1-800-519-8467 for all the details.